Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Fast Podcast. This week, we're talking more playoff football. I'm John. And this is Eric. And I think what we're going to do today is we're going to do a quick recap of the games, just do each one by one, and then we're going to go into our next round of picks for the divisional round, and then just repick and see where we're at on our standings with the Super Bowl, and then we might talk a little bit of head coaching at the end. Yeah, so last week was wild card weekend. And it was definitely pretty crazy. There was a couple of upsets. Um, one of them that I don't think anybody really saw coming. But uh, anyhow, yeah, let's go over some of the games. So um, I think we both were kind of agreeing last week that the Bills and the Colts was probably going to be the best game. And that game did not disappoint. It came down to the last throw. And uh, I was actually impressed. Normally, Phillip Rivers kind of gives a game away at the end, and he actually had a great game, and he kept them in that game. Yeah, this was one that I really – I didn't get to watch because I had to work, and that was the only one that I didn't get to watch because of work. Um, but seeing the highlights and stuff from it and seeing what went on, it looked like a really good game that I missed out on. Yeah, and then – um we both picked the Bills, and uh, the Bills won, so we both advance on that one. Um, yep. Another AFC game, the Titans and the Ravens. So that was one that we split. So I had picked the Titans, and you had picked the Ravens, and that was a close game as well. Um, the Ravens actually pulled it out, and I don't know what was going on with Derrick Henry. He just literally could not get anything going. Well, I don't know if it was so much Derrick Henry or the fact that they literally loaded the box with like nine people. Like they were literally just playing man coverage on the outside and their only purpose was to shut down Derrick Henry. Right. But the craziest thing is the Titans had like a top 10 uh, passing offense and they couldn't get that going either. Yeah, but they, they say at least the experts say that if you make a team one dimensional, you like, you know, it's harder to make that other dimension work because you're literally losing right. a piece of it. And the, uh, the biggest piece of their offense was Derrick Henry. You lose him and I get what you're saying. And, you know, you got AJ Brown on the outside and Ryan Tannehill's been having a good year and you got the good tight end that's there too. But I think it's more along the lines of like, they stifled Derrick Henry which trickled down to the rest of the offense. Yeah, they couldn't really work off the play action that well. Right. So the Ravens advanced. Lamar Jackson gets his first playoff win of his career. Yeah. Man, I'll tell you something. That that draft is starting to look really, really good now. Yeah. They have a lot of, uh, a lot of guys that made it to the playoffs. Yeah. Josh Allen, and I believe that was Patrick Mahomes that year too, right? Uh, I believe so. And Deshaun he, Watson? He may have been the year before, but... Um, no, I think it was the same year. I think it was it was Sam Darnold, Josh Allen. Oh, wait, you're right. It might have been the year before. Yeah, because you got to remember, Patrick Mahomes sat for a year before he That's started. Right. So it was, it was Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, and Josh Allen. Right. And then the year before that was Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Mitchell Trubisky, and um, Lamar Jackson. Right. So those two consecutive years, it looks like we had a lot of good quarterbacks come out. 
Well, one of those quarterbacks in the Steelers versus Browns game, that game at one point was 28 to nothing in the first quarter. Yeah. Which I have never seen in my life watching football, let alone a playoff game. Yeah. See, okay, the only the only note I got to say about that is I thought it was kind of stupid that seeing that it was a playoff game that they literally played like prevent defense starting in the second quarter because it allowed the Steelers to get back in the game, which they shouldn't have been back in it at all. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, the Browns definitely let up on defense, which did allow the Steelers to get back into the game. The which Steelers was so dumb. Yeah, the Steelers never should have been anywhere close in that game. The Browns no. just absolutely were annihilating them. Yeah, why would you let up? You don't it's playoffs. You don't let up. Right. That's just the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Unless the only thing I can think of, the only thing is they let up because they had such a significant lead that they let up because they didn't want the Chiefs to see a lot of their defensive plays that they might be using next week. I mean, yeah, I guess. But even at that, like, even at the chance, I mean, look at it. You know, um, even though it was at halftime and not at first quarter, think about when the Falcons lost to the to the Patriots in the Super Bowl when it was 28-3 to at the half. Right. It, you can't let up. Because what happened if the Steelers turned that thing around and they actually somehow won it? Yeah, I would have been pretty upset because I yeah. picked I picked the Browns. You had the Steelers, right? But I'm just saying, you you would be saying if they won that game, like, well, why the hell did you play prevent defense starting in the second quarter? This isn't like, this isn't just a gimme game. No, and it wasn't. To be honest, they they were catching back up. They right. just couldn't outscore their offense. Yeah, it was definitely a crazy game from start to finish. Yeah. So, all right, moving on to the NFC, the Saints and the Bears. So, we both had the Saints, and the Saints were in control from the start to the finish of that game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of it was defensive, too, funny enough. That was a very – 21 to 9, it's not, I mean, it's not super low scoring, but for this day and age, it's low scoring. Well, you got to think, it, it, it was 21 to 3. The Bears scored on literally the last play of the game. So right. It's not like they, it was like a close game. It was 21 right. to 3. Well, but I'm, yeah, I know. I'm just saying, in terms of like the scoring, though, it was, no, it was kind of low scoring for this day and age, but it wasn't yeah. exactly like. No, it definitely it definitely was a low scoring game, especially the Saints. You know, you never expect them to be in a low scoring game. But the Bears also, their offense had been playing really well the oh, past yeah. five weeks going into the playoffs. So Yeah, they were averaging like twenty seven points a game the five weeks leading up to it. Yeah, so that was kind of interesting to see all defense. Um another one that was like a big defensive game. And this is the one that I think was the shock of the weekend was the Seahawks and the Rams. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So the Rams come in, quarterback gets knocked out in the first quarter, and Jared Goff with his 
surgically repaired thumb that's only been one week since he got surgery comes in and wins against yeah. uh, a really um, a Seattle team that has a lot of their players have been in a lot of playoff games. So they were definitely an experienced team. Oh, actually, not a lot of their players have been a lot of playoff games. They changed around most of their team. The only ones that are still there from the Super Bowl, I think they only have three players left, and it's Russell Wilson, Bobby Wagner, and I believe it's one of the offense. Oh, no, K.J. Wright. Yeah, well, but that's Super Bowl. I'm talking about playoffs. This team's in the playoffs every single year. Right. Yeah. But, I mean – Okay, so I'll say this. One, the Rams play them twice a year. Right. So they literally know what their game plan is. Right. And the other two thing is, is it just comes down to execution. Russell Wilson did not look good. He was not executing. And that's why they lost. I mean, that's just plain and simple. That's, I mean, that's the way to beat the Seahawks. As long as you disrupt Russell Wilson, they're not going to win. Yeah, I mean, because, I mean, Chris Carson, he's a good running back, but he doesn't take over games. Right. Russell Wilson takes over games. Right. So, yeah, that was a really good game, though. I enjoyed that game. And then the last game, unfortunately, the Skins couldn't pull it off, but that was a great game. That was an amazing game. I, I can't – yeah, I can't be mad about that loss. Yeah, kudos – to Taylor Henneke for putting up that fight. We were even, you know, going so crazy about it. We were talking about maybe him coming back next year, competing for a starting spot. You I know? really think he will. I mean, you got to look at the roster. Alex Smith may not even come back at all. Right. He's contemplating retirement. Right. Exactly. And then you have um, Kyle, Kyle Allen. Yeah. So – from what I saw from Kyle Allen and the two games that I saw from Taylor Henneke, I kind of would lean towards Taylor Henneke as being a better player. Can, can you can you just not, though? Because that's what I'm like. So here's my thing. Because he played so well, and I want him to do that as well. Ron Rivera is going to be looking at all the fans, shouting for him to start. And he's going to be like, you know what? I'm going to have to give this guy a chance because if I don't, the entire fan base is going to come after me. Well, so here's the thing about Ron Rivera. He actually already released a statement saying that he made a mistake by not letting all of the quarterbacks have a shot in the uh, beginning of the year. Right. And, and in camp and whatever. So he sounds like he's already possibly going to give Henneke a chance. Right. Well, and rightfully so. He deserved that chance. He 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 won that chance. Yeah, you, know you I mean? went you went blow for blow with Tom Brady in the playoffs. Right. So you when, can't just yeah. You can't just pass defense, that off. Yeah, our defense literally did not show up at all. So Right. Um, yeah. Now I'm not gonna sit here and bash the defense because they I mean, obviously they gave up thirty one points. You know, that's like I think that's like what maybe the second highest total of the year that we gave up or something like that. Right, exactly. However, it is Tom Brady. They have literally a collection of weapons on the box. Oh yeah, absolutely. So I mean, I get it. You know, 
they, they probably didn't have the personnel to match up toe for toe with them. But they played a hell of a game. It was a yeah. really good game. And no, they almost they almost took it to overtime. So Yeah, it was a great game. Like I said, any skins fan can't be mad about that loss. They they never even should have been there, you know, f- f- looking at the rosters and everything from the beginning of the year. We we snuck our way in and we proved to the league that we did deserve to be there. You know, we came down to the last play of the game against a Tom Brady, Tom Brady led team of all star receivers. You know, yeah, there's so many drops in that game, though. On yeah, both that sides. was surprising on both sides. Yeah, on both sides. It was insane. I think Cam Sims had like two drops and Steven Sims Jr. had like two and Chris Godwin had like five something like that i think i counted he he had quite a bit chris godwin had a few drops yeah and it was funny though because it was karma because the previous day when they were talking to tom brady about chris godwin he was talking about he's has the best hands he's ever played with in his career yeah that's that's bs because he played with randy moss (laughs) he he called chris godwin the best hands he's ever played with in his career yeah, Tom so Brady fun. might have had a little amnesia or something because he played with Randy Moss. You know, you know how many – I mean, not even just Randy Moss. He's played with so many good receivers, especially Wes Welker. Wes Welker didn't drop nothing back in the day. Julian Edelman, same. Yeah, I mean, I, to be fair, I'm not really a big fan of Julian Edelman. That's just me. But he's a like, good player. He is. He's just – everybody. he's the number one on New England, and I feel like he's more like a number two on any other team pretty much. He's a slot guy. So, yeah. But, I mean, that was Wes Welker, too. Right. But Wes Welker, I just liked him better. That's all. So, all right. So, we got a couple of games right, a couple wrong. Um, I think we went four and two, both of us. But, um, anyhow, so now we're on to the divisional round. So, the AFC matchups are going to be the Bills and the Ravens and then the Chiefs and the Browns. Mm. So I think both of those are going to be really good games. Yeah, they should. And, oh, my gosh, the Chiefs and Browns. <laughs> I put up that meme the other day with the game from when they were playing uh, back yeah. in college, Oklahoma versus Texas Tech. And Patrick and like Mahomes six- had 700 and some passing yards. Yeah, and it, it, the final score was like 66 to 58. Right. And, and Patrick Mahomes and the Texas Tech lost. Right. Baker Mayfield had 550 yards passing, and then it was – uh. Who was the running back? I can't remember. Oh, it was oh, it was Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon had 300 yards rushing. Yeah, if anybody ever seasons. had 700 yards passing in an NFL game, the defensive coordinator of the other team is immediately getting fired. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's what happened to Paul Gunther. <laughs> right. So. When the Jets put up 44 on him. Right. So, but yeah, that's going to be an insane game. Um, honestly, I'm taking the high seeds on both, though. I'm saying Chiefs and Bills. So, I am also, but I really would enjoy watching the Browns beat the Chiefs. That would, too. That yeah, would I mean, be 
absolute I like the Chiefs, insanity. Though. Yeah, it would. I like the Chiefs, though, and I hope that they get, get back to the championship game because I think Patrick Mahomes deserves that. Yeah, I mean, um, they're a phenomenal team. Yeah. The only uh, – I looked at the injury report, report for all of the games just before we got on here. Right. The only major injury that I saw for this week is Sammy Watkins on the Chiefs. However, it's not really that major because they have so many receivers on that roster. Yeah, he's like their number four guy. Yeah. Well, but, uh, Otherwise, everybody else is pretty healthy. Um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was questionable. And then uh, who's the other running back? It's amazing. One. It's amazing that Edwards Hilaire is even questionable because he had a major injury like four weeks ago. Yeah. Oh, that's who it was. It was Ronald Jones. He was out last week uh, for the Bucks game. He's also yeah. questionable again. Okay. Yeah, I think the Chiefs and the Browns is going to be an all-out like it might be like fifty points, you know, each. Yeah, but- it could be very much like that. Uh, I think it was the Saints and the 49ers game where it was like 49 to 42 or whatever. Right. Um, the Bills and the Ravens, I think that's actually going to be a low-scoring game. Really? I do. All I, prediction of the week? Right. Yeah. Two high-flying offenses with a low-score game. I think it's going to be very similar to the Titans and Ravens game. But okay. I think that the Bills have a little bit more um, – I guess, like, firepower on offense uh, right. passing-wise than the Titans right. do. So, I think that's what kind of puts them over the edge in this game, and I think they squeak out the win. But right. I the think funny, it's going to be a good game. The funny part about that is literally the Bills and the Titans are completely opposite offenses. Yeah, You absolutely. want to stop their passing attack, and they have no running. And I get that the Titans had a passing and a rushing, but if you take away Derrick Henry, you take away everything. With this game, the Ravens really have to concentrate on getting to Josh Allen and taking away Stephon Diggs. That's the two keys to this game for the Ravens. And then you have Cole, Ble- Cole Beasley that's going to like right. somehow get like 10 catches for 110 yards. Right, and then you got John Brown burning on the other side. Right. So you got to pretty much double up Stephon Diggs and then worry about the other two. So we'll see what they do. Um, I actually think this is going to be a pretty high-scoring game. I have it like a maybe like a thirty-five to thirty-one, something like that. Okay. I think they both score under twenty. Wow, that yeah, I'm saying like seventeen. Yeah, seventeen, thirteen bills. Mm. Mm. So that's yeah, that's, bold, that's definitely prediction. a bold prediction. All right, so we'll go on to the NFC. So we have um, the Saints. And the Bucks round three for the year. And then we have the Packers and the Rams, which is oh. probably a matchup that nobody thought was going to happen. Right. All right. Well, I want to say something first about the Saints and Bucks game. All right. The Saints are the only team in the NFL, the only team who can go toe to toe with the Bucks and beat them every time because they have the personnel on defense to go toe-to-toe with all those weapons. Right. Yeah, I think the Saints have an underrated defense. Oh, insanely underrated. Insanely underrated. They've kept so many big offenses to lower points. Now, I know everybody says 
the last time they played, this wasn't the same Bucks team when they lost 38 to three to the Saints, but it is the I, same team. It's the exact same team. Exact same team. So I don't think yeah. it's going to be a beat down like that. No. Yeah, but I no. do think the Saints win this game fairly well. I think they win by 10 points. Well, actually, I was going to say the same thing. I think the score is somewhere about maybe like 30 to 21, something like that sounds about right to me. Right. But, yeah, I, you know. I don't think at the end of the game the Bucks will be in the game. I think the game will be over halfway through yeah. the fourth quarter. I can get that, yeah. Now, I mean, there there's definitely potential for them to keep it close, too. However, I think the Saints have the personnel to keep them keep them from behind. Mm. Now, if if I were the Bucks, I would be a little bit embarrassed of what happened to them last week. A no-name team that like snuck into the playoffs literally almost took them to overtime. Right. So, I don't know. We'll see. Tom Brady's amped up as always, but Right. I don't know. We'll see. The only thing that I'm worried about is it is incredibly hard in the NFL to beat a team three times. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's true. So uh, that's the only thing I'm worried about because it is nearly impossible to beat a team three times in a year. Yeah. So, and Bruce Arians is a really good coach. So I don't know. It's going to be tough, but I feel like the Saints are going to get it. Yeah, I'm same way. All right, so Packers and Rams. We're going to have a, a 50% healthy Jared Goff versus Aaron MVP Rodgers out there. Yeah. The, um, I think the only thing that really I'll say, so for sure, the Rams defense is way better than the Packers defense. Well, That's also- the first thing. One thing to keep in mind, Aaron Donald is hurt, but he said he's going to play hurt. Of course he is. He's Aaron Donald. Right. Like, would you expect anything less? But the thing is, he he has said he is injured, but he's going to play injured. How much do you think he affects the game? Like, they know he's injured. He, well, I don't know how much his statement really means, but when he said he's playing, he also said that he's not in any pain. Right. So I don't, I wouldn't think any if he's saying he's not in any pain. Yeah, but you can you know you're not going to go out there and say yeah my it's Aaron Donald. In I don't I don't care if he's seventy five percent healthy. A seventy five percent Aaron Donald is better than most players out there still. Right, I agree with that. So I, I don't think it changes anything. Um, I will say he's probably going to wreck their offensive line. I can see him getting like three sacks on Aaron Rodgers because. David Bakhtiari is out. Yeah, I was going to say, I see him lining up on the side that Bakhtiari would have been. Right. He'll go, yeah, he'll go toe-for-toe up against with the left tackle. Um, But I still see the Packers winning this game just because of offense and because even though Jared Goff did okay last week, it wasn't him that won the game. It was a running attack because his, I think his completion percentage was like 35% or something crazy like that. And I don't think you can go toe-to-toe with Aaron Rodgers without a passing game. Yeah, there's no way they're going to be able to keep up. But yeah. I do want to read off something to you um, that I thought was really interesting that I saw. Okay. 
and it's about the Rams. And I think this is actually going to shock you um, as soon as this loads. But so you're talking about, you know, you don't think that they can keep up with the Packers. Okay. So, all right. So the Rams, get this. The Rams have the number 11 offense. Right. The number one defense in the league. Right. And number 13 passing and number 10 rushing. That's fair. But Jared Goff is also hurt. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just saying I didn't know that their stats were that that high, you know. I knew their defense was. Um they're often, I mean, that doesn't, that shouldn't really surprise you though. Sean McVay is their coach. Their offense should be high. To be honest, that's fairly low for them. So I looked at these stats for all of the teams. Do you want to guess which team has the best overall? For both offense, defense? Yeah, just overall across the board. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I do want to guess. I'm actually going to go Saints. So it's actually the Packers. Really? They are top 10 in every category. Wow. Yeah. Number five offense, number nine defense, number Mm. nine passing, and number eight rushing. Mm. Yeah. Crazy. Wow. But then you have like a team like the Chiefs, you know, that you think it, you would think the Chiefs would be, you know, like the best. No, I wouldn't because of defense. Yeah, so the Chiefs, they have the number one offense and the number one passing offense, but their defense is ranked 16th and their rushing is ranked 16th. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. So. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me one bit. Now, the other thing you got to think about, though, is with the Chiefs' defense is even though it's 16, first off, they invested most of their money into the offense. Right. And then the other thing is, is that everybody every single week is trying to bring their absolute A game to go toe to toe with Patrick Mahomes, and so it's going to be a little inflated because everybody's first off going to be amped up to play the Chiefs, oh, try and beat the Super Bowl champs, and because and they have to, they have to high score, so they're going to be passing it a lot, and they're going to be trying to throw in trick plays and stuff to generate yards, and so that that plays a lot into that number as well. So. The absolute craziest stat for any team that I that I saw is for the Ravens. Okay. They are literally – all right, so they have the number 19 offense. Right. They're probably, what, first in rushing, though, and, like, 32nd in passing? Yes. You are 100% correct. Yeah. They have the Figured number that. one number one rushing – and dead last passing. Yeah. What? They're literally now you want to talk about the Titans. This is a team that is 100% reliant on their run game. Yeah. That's why the whole that's why the easiest way to shut down the Ravens is to just shut down their run game. The right. problem is though is that if you if you load the box against the Ravens, you better have a good enough cornerback group to play man coverage against the, the receivers because really the only two receivers you need to worry about is Marquise Brown and Mark Andrews if you can shut them two down man coverage and you can just go eight in the box and load it you'll beat the Ravens right. every time 
Yeah, I saw that and I was like, that is insane. Dead last in passing, but number one in rushing. Yeah. Like that is <laughs> if you're the offensive coordinator, like what kind of game plan is that? All right, let's go run the ball every play. Well, the the thing is, so he's actually a really, really good offensive coordinator. It's uh Wink Martindale. Um so he basically what they came out and talked about it because Lamar, do you remember when they were losing in the middle of the season? Lamar was getting pissed about it and yeah. like called out his offensive coordinator and said that they're too predictable and stuff. Yep. Well, their offensive coordinator came out and said something. You know, he wasn't bashing Lamar or whatever. He, he was like, you know, what we're doing here is we're using the strength of our team, which is we have a great running back group and we have a quarterback that can put anybody he wants on skates. Right. And you know, his his arm, even though he is a quarterback and he can throw the ball, the way that he throws, there's, like, basically accuracy issues there. Right. Especially when going farther downfield. Like, he can do a lot of short stuff fine, but throwing anything intermediate and long, he has accuracy issues, and he admits to that. And so they're just using his strengths. And then once, say, he gets older – and they work on more pocket presence and, and they start to perfect his craft and try to get his accuracy up and stuff like that. That's their plan is, is when he starts to slow down a little bit is to, to, then, to then go to the passing game. I'm going to be it's honest. I'm actually, developing. I'm, so, I'm actually surprised that, uh, that he's lasted this long in the league. Be- yeah. Because of his playing style, it's a miracle that he hasn't got a severe injury. I, well, some people just have it, you know. Some people just don't get hurt or whatever. Um, I think the biggest thing is, though, is he's been doing this for so long that he's probably just really good at protecting himself. Right. So, I mean, because he's been, he's been doing this play style ever since he was a kid because he was always faster than people. He might not be able to outthrow you, but he could outrun you. Right. So... But I mean, I think what they have going, I think it's, I mean, it's getting them to the playoffs every year. So had him in the running last year and he won MVP for running as a quarterback. Right. So, I mean, you can't, you know what I mean? He's getting it. So did you want to go over a couple of coaching moves that have been made so far? Yeah, we can. Um, so the ones that I saw that were of interest was Jacksonville hired theirs, which was Urban Meyer. Yeah, that's um, insane to me. Yeah, I can't believe he finally decided to join the NFL ranks. Yeah. Um, I, I feel – I just – I want him to do well, but I just feel like he's not going to. Well, I, I think that's a fair – I think that's a fair assessment because you look at Nick Saban when Nick Saban came in and he did an, an awful job when he came in. What was that guy, um, uh, Chip Kelly? Do you remember him? Oh, yeah, for look the what, Eagles? Yeah, look what happened to him. Like, he had one good year and then just nothing. Fell off the cliff, yeah. Um, Urban Meyer plays a little bit of a different style than both Nick Saban and Chip Kelly. He actually does more of a pro-style offense anyways. Um, I, I He might be okay. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So, one of the coaching moves that actually I, – I don't even know if I agree with it is the Eagles getting rid of Doug Peterson. That's so dumb. The dumbest thing I've seen. So 
I know everybody is bashing him because the Eagles threw that game and, and the whole Carson Wentz thing. Let's think about this. Carson Wentz had one bad year on a year where there was no preseason. And this is literally his only bad year of his career so far. Right. And then Doug Peterson makes a move to try to get better draft picks because they, they're already out of the playoffs and they he gets fired. So, all right, so here's the crazy thing too, right? So I, I read a report earlier that was saying that Peterson actually got fired over the quarterback situation because he liked Jalen Hurts better, but ownership said no, Carson Wentz is going to start which means that Carson Wentz is not leaving Philly. He's going to be the starter next year. God, how do you feel if you're Jalen Hurts? Pissed? Yeah. You've got to be pissed if you're Jalen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and then, the, I mean, he's probably – I wouldn't be surprised if he requested a trade, to be honest. And I wouldn't be surprised if they did it, if they really want to start Carson that bad. Right. Because he's going to be – the, the next coach that comes in is going to be like, well, you know what? This Jalen kid's pretty good. But is um, Jalen Hurts better than Carson Wentz when Carson Wentz is healthy and actually has an offensive line? I guess well, that's to be determined, right? The one thing I want to put that put out there, which I thought was crazy, was that um, – all right, so we were just talking about Urban Meyer, right? So – does this throw a wrench in the draft? Because we all thought that Trevor Lawrence was going to go first, but Urban Meyer just coached Justin Fields. Right. It, so Does that mean Justin Fields is going to go number one? I think so. Now, my thing is, Trevor Lawrence does not impress me at all. I think that Trevor Lawrence is going to be a bust. Oh, <laughs> I think it's just a little too cocky, to be honest. I mean, I, I guess there's a fine line between confidence and cocky. I just feel like he's kind of cocky, and I don't like that about him. But I don't know if that necessarily means he's going to be a bust or not. I think I he just, could. I think he could end up being like a Johnny Manziel, though. Uh, maybe. I just feel like every time that I've watched him, I just feel like he's not that impressive. I, I don't know. Maybe it's like his playing style or something, but maybe. I mean, he gets like, the wins though, so you can't really argue that. Yeah, I mean, he wins in college. Yeah, a lot of guys have been. Oh yeah, no, 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 that's not. It. But you know, that's what they look at. That's they look at your winning pedigree. They look at your athletics. They look at your stats, all that stuff. And one of their biggest things is: Are you a winner or are you, are you not? Yeah, that's why I think... a lot. Of, that's why, like, uh, Dwayne Haskins, like, that's honestly, obviously we didn't want him. The owner made us get him. But that's what they kind of, like, went off of is, oh, he's a winner, and he threw 50 touchdowns and right. blah, 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 blah. But that doesn't mean nothing. Yeah, I think the Trevor Lawrence situation is going to be really interesting in the offseason because, like you're saying, I don't think he goes number one overall anymore. No, because I think with this move and Jacksonville being the first pick, I think Justin Fields goes first. Unless Urban Meyer's like, hey, like, sorry, Justin, I coached you, but I don't think you're going to be my NFL quarterback. Right. It's, 
You know what I mean? Can you really see, like, why do you think Jacksonville went and got Urban Meyer? Probably because they knew, hey, he's been coaching Justin Fields for blah, blah, blah. This guy knows how to get the best out of him. Let's get him so we can get Justin Fields and give them a dream matchup. Yeah, I don't see – so, like, when you think of Trevor Lawrence – the NFL is going to want him to go to a big market, and that big market is the Jets. Right, and they're number two. Right. And I, I see that a match, also a match made in heaven. But so, the funny thing is, though, is even though the New York Jets are in a big market being New York, they make up such a small fraction of the market because everybody that's in New York likes the Giants. Uh, I wouldn't say that. I say New Yorkers like the Jets and people from Jersey like the Giants. I always thought it was reverse that. I thought it was always opposite. Mm, I don't know, because I know a couple of people from New York and they're big Jets fans. Really? Yeah, they cannot stand the Giants. And they're both from the city. Huh. I don't know. Maybe we'll have to do a poll. The thing is, the New Yorkers always like the Jets and the Mets. Gotcha. And the guys outside. The Jersey guys. Like the Yankees and the Giants. Like the Yankees and the Giants. Huh. That's interesting. We'll have to, uh, maybe in the offseason here, we'll have to, like, have a conversation about that. Yeah. No, it would be interesting. But, um, yeah. But, yeah. So, anyhow, yeah, Trevor Lawrence, I think he goes number two to the Jets. I, I don't gotcha. see him going number one. So what other coaching move? Oh, also something that I wanted to touch on briefly, Deshaun Watson. Gotcha. Him wanting to trade out? God, could you imagine if the Skins got Deshaun Watson and ha- having him on a team that has a good defense and not on a team where he's expected to win the game himself? Well, what about Taylor Heineke, man? I love Heineke, but I'm saying, imagine Deshaun, a player of Deshaun Watson's caliber, yeah. who, who has proven multiple seasons that he is an all-star player on a trash team. Yeah, no, I agree. No, I really do. I was joking about the Heineke thing. Um, I wouldn't say no. That's for sure. Another, I, mean, I, I think he, would, I think he would make us an immediate contender. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then we would just need to grab a couple couple more receivers and then just stock up our offensive line, and then I think we're good to go. So another QB that I wouldn't be mad about if they went out and got is Gardner Minshew. No, I wouldn't be mad about it, but I think I think it would be fair to say that it would be competition. I don't think he would outright win the job. So I don't think so either, but a lot of people don't understand how great Gardner Minshew's stats were. So I do. I've I've told you all year that I like Gardner Minshew. Yeah, he has a three to one touchdown to interception ratio over his career. Mm. That is significant. Mm-hmm. That is. Considering that he's played on the Jacksonville Jaguars, yeah. Exactly. So the guy can definitely play well. But, um, yeah, and keep in mind, he also played half of that with a broken thumb on his throwing hand because, right. because he didn't want to lose the starting job. Right. Mm. 
So um, the only other coaching update that I saw was that uh, Arthur Smith, that was the Titans' offensive coordinator, he went on to be the head coach of the Falcons. So what about Robert Sala? He oh, I'm would... sorry, Robert Sala did go to the Jets. I saw that. Sorry. Yeah, that's a big move for them. that. Yeah. Now I'll say this. So it seems like the Jets, they always like every time they get a new head coach, they always switch whatever they had last. They get the opposite. So it went Todd Bowles and then Adam Gase. And now it's back to a defensive mind and Robert Sala. Right. Um, He has a lot of work to do. They're not going to be a winner in their first year. They might not be a winner in their second year. It might be year three before they do anything. That's if he gets to year three. <laughs> right. It is the Jets. Um, that That is what I'd be saying in my mind if I was him. They have a couple of good players to build off of. They have uh, Quinnen Williams, and they have Mekhi Becton, and they have Sam Darnold if he chooses to stick with them. And they have that good receiver they got out of the draft, Denzel Mims, this year. Um, but that's, that's really it. Everything else has to be rebuilt. Right. Um. So good luck. That's all I have to say to him. Yeah. Um, and then Arthur Smith, I think going on to the Falcons, he actually comes into a pretty good situation. Um, he has the choice of whether they want to keep rolling with Matt Ryan and Julio Jones or start anew. Um, if I was them, I'd keep both, and i try to correct that defense. Um, but that's just me. Yeah, I don't know. With, with the Falcons, I would probably just try and start fresh. I think they're at a point where, you know. I think I think they're at a point where they can if they want to. Right. But it's a matter of should we? Because I don't see, unless you have a proven asset, I don't see anybody being better than Matt Ryan that you could get besides maybe like a Deshaun Watson or like a even a Matthew Stafford. Right. Um, something like that. And then Julio Jones, he has been injured a lot the past couple years. Um, but there's not any other receiver that you're going to be able to get that can match up to his quality. Right. So it's kind of like the situation where when Julio Jones first came in as a rookie and Roddy White was there. And Roddy White was an amazing receiver in his own right but he had been real injury prone like a year or two prior to Julio getting there. And when Julio came in, he kind of just took over. I'm not saying that's going to happen again, but if they want to get rid of Julio, I think they need to bring somebody in who can at least provide that same type of like play. Right. So that's just me though. So one last thing I wanted to go over before we head out of here. So you're a regional NFC picks. Both of the teams that you had in the NFC championship got knocked out. Oh, I know. <laughs> Seattle and the Skins. Yeah. So, so definitely, um, I think I think all the both the teams we had for the championship for the AFC are still in it. Bills and Chiefs, right? Yep. So yeah, you had the we both had the Chiefs and the Bills in the AFC championship. You and then had, you had the Packers and, the, and you had Packers and Saints. So it's possible that my matchup is still true. So right. that's something to keep an eye on. So I think um, we – go ahead. 
Oh, sorry. No, you're good. Go ahead. I think we both actually had the same picks this week, though, as far as the games this week. I think we're both taking the Chiefs and the Bills. Right. We're both taking the Packers, and we're both taking the Saints. Um, I know I'm taking Saints for sure. I'm really – I'm struggling between the Rams and the Packers. Um, I want to say Packers, but uh, I don't know. I mean, those Rams, they got some fight in them. So, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go Packers. Yeah, I was going to say the Rams have fight, but I don't see them getting past a, a healthy Packers team in, yeah, in Lamb. That's, that's the issue, man. I, I feel so bad for them. If they had, if they had a healthy – Jared Goff right now, like a hundred percent healthy. Right, I would go Rams, but I think it's just too risky right now because you got to think too. The Green Bay Packers have like probably the best cornerback group in the entire NFL, so they're already going to be having a we're going to be having a hard enough time passing the ball. So, yeah, I'm gonna have to go Packers then. So one more headline. How about yep. Lamar Jackson saying he's never played in the snow? I don't I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um I think he's just saying it because he's so used to playing in warmer weather areas and he's never played in snow and he, he's probably nervous about it, you know? Yeah, it's um, supposed to be snowing in that game. Yeah, I, I don't think it's as big a deal as everybody's making it out to be. I think it's just like he's just like, hey, you know what? I've never done this, so we're going to see how it goes. Here's the thing, though. Josh Allen is definitely used to playing in the snow. Right. So, Well, I mean, we, we both picked the Bills. so <laughs> Right. I'm just saying it's something to think about, to watch, yeah. to keep an eye on. Now, you know what, though? I will say this, too. The only thing about playing in the snow is the Ravens might have an advantage if it snows. Because the run game is really all you can do when it snows. There really isn't a passing game. Yeah, but that just gives the Bills even more opportunity to load the box. That's fair. Because you are you know they already have the worst passing game in the league. Now it's That's fair, but but why it gives them the advantage though is because if the Bills can't pass the ball, who's running it? Right. That's that's I mean, I get that they got Devin Singletary still. But he wasn't really doing that good. Zach Moss had to come and take in, well, take Zach over. Zach Moss so. got injured as well. Right. That's what I'm saying. So who's running the ball? I guess just Devin. Uh, I believe so. So I don't. I think I don't know. I think it would give the Ravens with their number one rushing offense. I think it would give them the advantage if it snowed. Yeah, it's that's probably one of the games that I am most intrigued about. Um, all I think. Honestly, the only game out of the four that I don't think is going to be a phenomenal game is going to be the Rams and the Packers. I really? Think, I think that'll be a good game. I think the other three games are all going to be great games. I think the I, I will say this. I think the Rams and the Packers will actually be a very good game. I don't think you'll be disappointed at all. Because I think the Rams are too well coached and have too many good players on defense right. to allow that game to get out of hand. Yeah. So I think I think it'll be it'll surprise you. Well, we will see tomorrow and Sunday. We will. I won't see the one o'clock one, but I'll see the late game. <laughs> There's so. a, there is no one o'clock game. Is it what does it start at four? On Sunday? No, it's tomorrow. 
So tomorrow, what? yeah, tomorrow is four, uh, like four forty and eight, and then gotcha. Sunday is three and six. Gotcha. So I will only see maybe about half of the four o'clock game, but the rest of it I'll see. So, all right. Well, yeah. that's another episode. This is our divisional week episode. Next week, playoffs. Yep. Next week is the championship round. So, hell yeah. Can't wait. So that was another episode of Fast. We'll see you next week.